Viewpoints is VHB's thought leadership platform, where we share insights on critical issues and emerging technologies in the AEC industry. I'm Mike Carragher, President and CEO of VHB. I'm excited to introduce VHB's thought leaders and our client and partner podcast participants, all future-focused thinkers who want to reimagine the built environment. I hope you'll tune in often and leave inspired. This is Dave Mahon, VHP's Chief Technology Officer, and I'm one of your hosts for Viewpoint's podcast, Episode 3, Digital Twins in the Connected Data Environment. I'm joined by co-host Steve Anderson, VHP's Vice President of Technology Services, for a conversation with Kathleen Cooley, the Director of Global Business Development for AEC at Esri. Kathleen, for our Viewpoint's listeners who don't know Esri, tell us more about your role at Esri and what you're doing in the digital twin space. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, so I um, am the director for AEC, uh, part of the Esri Global Business Development Team. So I lead a team who sets the strategy and go to market uh, for AEC uh, for us as a sector. And uh, my team's working a lot with our customers to help support their business requirements and and so on. So. Um, uh, I joined Esri three years ago. So in the world of Esri, I'm actually a newbie because everybody's been there for a long time and, and it's been so much fun. I'm super excited. My other hat that I wear is I help to lead our digital twin strategy. Hence, I think why I was invited here today. And, uh, yeah, I'm based in Vancouver, so I'm, I'm just up north, um, of, of the border. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Kathleen. Yeah, Steve, can you actually, for the audience, actually describe your role at VHB and then maybe also give some examples of what VHB is doing in the space as well? Yeah, so I'm the, the Director of Technology Enablement at, at VHB, so I wear two different hats as well, like Kathleen. One, one of those is to work with our planners and scientists and engineers to understand different technologies that are available to them and help them come up with programs and training programs to help them use that technology on the projects that they work on. And the second side is our external technology services practice. And that's where we actually can help a community or another client who's thinking about implementing a digital twin and actually take them through the process that that they should go through. So um, taking a thought-wise process to actually plan for and implement the digital twin. So I wanted to start out with a question about what is a digital twin, a generic definition, and it means different things to different folks. So Kathleen, maybe starting with you from your perspective of what it, what is a digital twin? What is it to Esri? And then Steve, same question to you. What does a digital twin uh, mean to VHB? Yeah, so thanks, Dave. So, you know, a digital twin is really that virtual representation of an asset or uh, an object or um, a city, could be anything, right? That um, um, allows us to visualize and then simulate or automate um, actions and really has that bi-directional connection. And from our perspective, the digital twin is really about bringing together both the built and the natural environments uh, or worlds, as we would say, bringing together the built and natural world. Um, we think that is a critical piece of any digital twin. Um, and that's really what we promote as a part of our view and our vision for digital twins. Yeah, I think you know, similar to what Kathleen's saying, I think, you know, from our perspective, a digital twin is a virtual representation of the world 
Uh, one of the important aspects of it is it has to accurately reflect all those physical features. So it's not just a tense a model. It's actually an accurate representation of the world. Things like the location, the shape, the materials that the different objects within it are made out of it. But one of the other important points is that there's data flowing with, within a digital twin, and it's the data that really gives it the the more of the intelligence to actually make the decisions that, that you're going to use it for that are there. And you know, the, the last part about it is it's really important that you can think about a digital twin as something that could be programmed to help you make decisions. So it could be set up so that if a certain condition is met, it sends an alert for you to, and draws your attention to it. You could tie in things like AI and machine learning where it could say, well, if this condition actually exists, just don't tell me about it, actually fix the problem and take an action and have that done automatically. Digital twins, they, they've been around for a while in terms of the advanced analytics and where they are. So um, is it new? Why why is this a new concept to folks today? Because it seems like it's actually you know getting out in the market today and we're hearing more about what a digital twin is. Uh, but there's a lot of history behind these uh, digital twins. I think a lot of it started with the gaming engines way back when and have been evolving. But, you know, why is this new today for folks in terms of the industry and why such a momentum? Yeah, th I think one of the reasons is that there are so many different technologies that are being used inside of a digital twin that they've all kind of converged at this point and matured enough where you could, they actually can all come together and, and actually make a digital twin work where, some of these other ones were a lot less mature in the past, so they actually couldn't make, you know, be functionally operational to actually make a, a twin work. Yeah, especially as we get into, you know, that simulation and, you know, the AI and, and those types of capabilities, I think that, and there's still so much more we can do, but the tech, to your point, Steve, the technology is at a point where it, it's much easier or there's a, a, a way we can actually execute on these now. You use the term simulation, and I know the advanced analytics under the digital twin can replicate through simulations. What's what's the difference between a digital twin, a 3D model, and, and maybe simulation? Yeah, so I think it's interesting when you think about the going back to that definition of a digital twin, because to some people, they would say a visual model could be a digital twin, but then others would say, well, no, it has to have that you know, back and forth connection where you're starting to actually, you know, simulate and, and, and be able to model out things that may happen, maybe predictive uh, analytics or, or things that, um, you know, you're trying to understand for future planning, um, mitigating risk and, and those things. So I, I think that when we look at the maturity levels of a digital twin, you know, there's more of the basic sort of 3D visualization, moving all the way through to simulation, automation, et cetera. Yeah, Kathleen, I think that, you know, you mentioned this before with location, but to me, that's like one of the biggest differences between a simulation and, and a digital twin. A simulation could just be anywhere, doesn't, you know, any space. You know, yeah. a lot of the industrial simulations that are done are just not really in the real world. But for a digital twin, you've got to add that locational component. So you could see all those pieces come together. And I think that's one of the things that really dif differentiates a simulation between a, a digital twin and, and a simulation. Yeah, great point, right? Having that context is so critical. I feel very fortunate to actually present at the um, the partner conference out there in, in Palm Springs uh, with Esri. Um, and it was a great opportunity uh, for VHB to be sitting on the panel. 
and in the panel you know, discussion that I was sitting on, which was on digital twin technology, you know, we had a conversation about misconceptions and myths uh, in, in digital twins. Um, one of the things that became really apparent to me um, in the digital twin world is that really not one environment, not one platform can actually handle everything that everybody's trying to do. So what are some of those big high level misconceptions that you guys are hearing in the industry? Maybe some of the myths of what a digital twin is and what it isn't. We hear a lot is that a digital twin has to be 3D. And I think that from our perspective and um, looking at how digital twins have been used in the past, to your point, you know, digital twin doesn't have, I don't think, and, and I think, you know, we would say it does not have to be 3D, right? It doesn't have to have this whole fancy visualization. I think it's really the outcomes that matter. And if you're able to have that, whether it be a, you know, a network model or something that's in 2D that's connected to other systems so that allows for decision-making and allows you to start using it to, um, to address the, the business outcomes that you want to achieve. Yeah, I, I I agree, Kathleen. I think that that concept that a lot of people think it has to be a 3D model or it is just a model of the world. And I and I think, you know, the misconception too is if you don't have the data that's actually flowing through that model, whether it's 2D or 3D, then you can't make decisions with things. So it's, you know, that's one of the big differentiators to me is that it actually has that data flowing, you know, flowing through it. One of the unique opportunities, you know, that you're seeing with the digital twins to, and digital twin technology, Stephen, is combining what you and Kathleen are saying, right? It it does not have to be a three-dimensional. It can be two-dimensional. Um, yeah. And the unique uh, opportunities that a digital twin creates is these use cases, solving extremely complex analytical challenges that our clients are seeing using that data, Steve, that you're referring to, right? And mm -hmm. to me, that's the opportunity what you know, the AEC space actually brings to bear, right? They have the opportunity to leverage this very complex system to actually solve some really analytical, high-level technical details. The question is, how do you guys see the AEC space actually using a digital twin today? I think the the most common digital twins that I'm seeing are really have been focused more on the utility space. That seems to be where it started. So the water systems, sewer systems, smart grids, and energy systems that are there. Um, but I actually think, you know, as they're getting more advanced now, they're becoming more of a holistic world of, you know, look at the world or the community that, that you're in. So, you know, being able to look at whether you could change zoning and see if what the traffic impacts are, utility impacts, educational impacts are. So really something that covers the entire area or an entire region. How big do you see digital twins going today, tomorrow? You know, because how big is the ecosystem going to get that you're actually pulling into these digital twins? Are we going to actually be modeling an entire state one day or are we going to be modeling just a um, campus I think we could, right? And this ties into the future vision around the metaverse, I think, where, you know, things start to get even more connected. Um, but I think one of the things that um, would have to happen is, you know, who owns the, the twin? Who maintains the twin? I think, right, once you create a twin, there has to be a process in place to help maintain it. And to make sure that you know it's current, it's up to date, and and there's ownership. And then how do we collaborate? I think that's one of the things that digital twins offer us 
and is so great is this collaboration platform for you know communicating um, across different stakeholders. But it would take people coming together to be able to share that information and to really um, work together in a in a format and a standard that would allow for all of these worlds to be connected or twins to be connected. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there'll ever be, you know, there will be one twin that is the one and only twin that exists. It's going to be a whole bunch of puzzle pieces that are actually coming together that are used for different things and are at different granularity to solve the problems you have. It's the great work that you guys do, right? That is going to be able to help uh, customers and agencies be able to recognize the value of this and to help them um, connect and, and build these, these uh, systems of systems, as you said, Steve. The, the terminology I liked on this uh, was puzzle pieces. Um, digital twins are very complicated, you know, and, and we talked about, you know, starting small or going big. Some agencies tried to go, you know, extremely big, extremely wide. How does a company or a municipality get started with a digital twin? I think that, you know, looking at trying to develop a comprehensive digital twin all at once is just a daunting task. And I think if you take that approach that you have to do everything everywhere all at once, you're never actually going to get started. But I think if you understand the priorities that are most important to you or your community or you know the, the entity that's trying to create this, and you establish those priorities, it'll let you prioritize what, what you need to do and where you should get started on that and then build on it over, over time rather than thinking about, I, I can't even get started unless I do the whole thing all at once. I think that... Um... You know, coming from the technology provider side, you know, we often hear uh, uh, customers or companies that say, you know, I want to build a digital twin, you know, of, of this facility, right? But we haven't really defined the why. And I think that understanding why you need a digital twin or what, what, what the outcomes of the twin are, um, are so critical. And sometimes that's an important step that gets missed. So, Kathleen, I mean, you talk about being a provider, uh, and Steve, I mean, this is, this is an opportunity for the listeners to really understand what Esri is doing in the digital twin space. You know, what do companies like VHB and Esri play in the space? You're a vendor on this in terms of providing the platform, and Steve, I guess you're on the consulting side. How do we work together to really evolve what a digital twin is for clients? For us, you know, we... We build this great technology, and um, from an Esri perspective, we've our customers have been creating digital twins uh, for a long time, right? Whether that be a land information model or you know a, a, a land twin, uh, you know connecting in around GIS, so connecting GIS and BIM, right? Building information modeling, planning twins. You mentioned planning. So, you know, we have all these different applications, but it really takes working with you, our partners and BHB to go out and you guys make it practical, right? You are the ones who, who I think are doing the heavy lifting and, and taking our technology and really making sure that, you know, their use cases and the business value and the real world applications come to life. We're passionate about the fact that um, location is important, and it's critical, and we need to be thinking from a digital twin perspective in context, right? We need to have that context and to be bringing both the built and the natural world together. And I agree. I think when 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 we think about it, it's not 
any one platform, any one piece of software, we have to kind of know all of those different pieces and how those different tools can be used to bring the comprehensive picture together. So, you know, Esri's JS technology for providing the locational context, you know, BIM technology that could be used for doing the buildings and the interiors of the buildings, civil 3D technology that helps us understand the infrastructure and how those pieces come together and then model-based design. So you could actually look into the future and actually go, okay, this is what we're proposing to do. How does that actually feed in as a piece of that puzzle that comes together? So that's what we have to do is actually understand all the different types of technologies and puzzle pieces and, and help help clients, customers actually bring them all together, tell the whole story. So Steve, with that story, what are the benefits of using a digital twin to plan and design? So to me, I think you're really able to take that comprehensive look at the whole picture of what is going to be affected when, when you do this in a, in a design project. So you might be proposing, you know, a new roadway or changing zoning in a community, and you want to understand what that impact is. And it isn't just that parcel of land that you're affecting, but it's that whole ecosystem that's getting affected across the whole community by making this change. Does it change water and sewer needs? Does it change educational needs? Does it change power needs? You know, recycling needs, things like that. So it, it actually lets you take a much broader look at what the effect of a project is gonna be. Kathleen, it's been great speaking with you today about digital twins and connected data environments. Our conversation with Esri is not over. We'll be talking more about how digital twin technologies are elevating sustainability and equity in our communities across the U.S. in a future Viewpoints episode with Steve and Kathleen. Stay tuned, and I hope you'll join us.